everybody, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Finance. This week, I am joined by my girlfriend, Madeline, um, and she's going to tag along in this video, ask some questions, I'm going to ask her some questions, and it's going to be a little bit more of a kind of interactive, more conversational style episode. Uh, obviously, things this week in the market were absolutely crazy, up, down, left, right, twist, turns. Um, we're not going to touch so much on that, simply because... These stories need to be a little bit more tailored to, um, no offense, an everyday style person, an everyday style investor, um, and we're not going to lean so much into the market fluctuations and the pain that we have been seeing. We've touched on that before, and I'm sure over the next couple of months, we're going to continue to touch on it. So if you're new to Financial Friends, hello, my name is Brendan. I'm going to be the host of This Week in Finance, a podcast by Financial Friends, and I'm joined by Madeline this week. This is normally um, not a normal occurrence. This is a kind of one-off thing, but let's go ahead and just get right into the episode. So first things first, we have Warren Buffett buying more Apple stock. He said that he would have continued to add to the stock if it didn't rebound as much. Um, I think this just plays directly into Warren Buffett's strategy. He buys beaten down companies. He's continued to buy Apple. He's going to continue to buy Apple. It's like 40% of his portfolio and he gets paid like, three quarters of a billion dollars to own the stock every single year. I don't think it's going anywhere. Madeline, do you know anything about Warren Buffett? Do you know anything about who this gentleman on the right right here is? Or do you know anything about what they do? Well, reading the caption of the picture, I do. <laughs> but no, like uh, just a face. Yeah. I don't know who he is. I do know Warren Buffett is very wealthy. Mm-hmm. I know that he's a big name in the investment community, but really I would only know that just be based off of the things that I hear you talk about and from your videos. So, so do you do you think that it's weird that a gentleman who is well, let's see right down here, 91 years old, um, and I think Charlie Munger, who is the gentleman on the right, do you think it's odd that they're buying a tech company like this, like Apple? Or do you just think that Apple no. is just so big and well-known? And Yes, yeah. I do. I think he just sees the success of Apple. Obviously, you said he's done very well in the past yes. Like yes. with Apple, so I think it's just... It's a business transaction for him. He might still use a flip phone. Who knows? But, I think, uh... I don't even actually, I think he does have an <laughs> iPhone, but I don't really, I, I don't know too much about it. I think he, he said before he really likes management. Like he just really enjoys Tim Cook, what he does. Um, and like he said, he would have continued to buy the stock if it didn't rebound. So you can see here, like, you know, this March 13th bottom is almost about $150. And since then it's rose back up and it's fell a little bit again. So I've been buying a little bit more Apple. Um, but yes, definitely weird. Now, in, in terms of other news with Apple, not sticking so much to that story, Apple hired a Ford veteran. And so Apple is working on a car. I've came out and said, and I'm going to reference here on my Twitter, I said, what if anything could cause Apple to fail on Twitter? If you're not following me on Twitter, right behind my head, right here, go ahead. <laughs> right there. Go ahead, follow me on Twitter. You might as well. There's some good conversational things being brought up on Twitter all the time. However, um, I was talking with Andre on Twitter, and I mentioned... That in my opinion, management is one of the big reasons Apple could fail if management gets too arrogant, too cocky. Again, I don't see that happening. Tim Cook has came out and said, look, we're not immune to the supply chain problems that are going on. A lot of people think that they are, think they're in their own little world, um, in their own bubble there in Cupertino. And I don't really think that they are. He clearly doesn't think that either. However, I also said I think a big risk could be the Apple car. I think that if they do this vehicle the wrong way, if it isn't 
Apple-esque. If it isn't perfect, it's just not going to be for them. I mean, it, it is a 180 from what they do. Yes, they do tech. Cars are not tech yet. Cars are not in one year and out the other like all of their iPhones. This is a literal vehicle with consumer safety in mind, right? Driver vehicle safety in mind. Um, and just focusing only on tech, I think for them is going to be bad. I know they're partnering with some people and really working on this, but what do you think about this? What do you think about the car? I think the pull, people's pull to Apple really is, is like they know what they're going to get. People mm. constantly get new iPhones because they know what they're getting with just slight tweaks. It's a very aesthetic thing. People just buy it because they like the aesthetic, not necessarily, you know, performance or anything like that. Yeah. So I think going a little bit out of their realm is definitely going to shock some people but i also think it'll really target their like die hard apple people who are like well you know why is it just you know tesla or ford like the big three trying to make these electric vehicles why not try out Apple? Why not give oh, the tech company be a, a chance? Big thing on YouTube and the internet. I mean, yeah, just so, whether or not it gets memed out or whether it like is an actual right, legitimate and it's product. Gonna, it's going to give them marketing. It's going to give, you know, so I mean, so many companies go outside of what they're really known for and do really successful. So I think it's just time a thing where time will tell. Um, but I definitely do think it's not on brand for them in terms of just what they usually do with like the iPhones, AirPods, and the Macs and everything. Yeah. Like it's just people go to Apple because they know and yeah, you now know you they get, don't really know. Yeah. I think and, and I is think, this gonna is this gonna take away from production of other that's products? That's something so, that I mentioned um, in my notes before the episode is I said I unless they execute perfectly and it can generate cash flow. This is this business is so cash dominant, they have so much cash, they bring in so much cash they're able to to use that to fund R&D um, and to stay on top of things like supply chain issues. And so for them to veer off into an industry that for a very long period of time could suck the cash from their company. We're seeing that right now with Facebook trying to, or should I say meta, trying to do the, the stuff with the Quest, with the, the metaverse. They're losing so much money and they're just using the other part of their business to continue to fund that. But then again, Google does the same thing. Google has the cloud service. I'm not sure if you've you've heard that you're familiar with that. It yes. loses money every year. And all they do is they just use search and YouTube and all these other things that generate money and they just they pay for it. But with Apple, that's been the one thing is so many aspects of their business are so successful all of the time. That's why they're the largest company in the world. They don't veer from what they do. They do what they do and they do it well. And so if they don't do this well, I don't, it's, it's, I don't think it's going to ever bring down the company in terms of like the whole ship just sinks, but it's definitely something, something I think that they should be weary of not veering too far off track. I do think it's interesting too, to come out with such a huge business venture like this during a time when, well, obviously this project is going to create a lot of jobs. And right now we know that there's a ton of jobs openings mm -hmm. that just aren't getting filled. People yeah aren't working they're people not, don't want to work they're <laughs> no. taking they're taking you know and there's pay increases yeah. there's a lot of money flowing going it's around just, right now for pay increases people know yes. when people are aware and it's such a big thing that oh my god there's so many jobs available you might as well not work till you find the thing that works for you right I think you're, that's you're not where trying I am to personally get, like yeah. i there are so many jobs that i could just go out and get 
but really when like you do have more options you can be a little bit more choosy and i think that's you know it's a very interesting thing that they're creating new jobs in their company when people like meta just announced yeah just today this is another thing that i didn't necessarily pull into this um in terms of like you know big stories to talk about but meta announced that they are no longer hiring they're, they're just not hiring right now. They don't need to. Now, the, the, some news came out in regards to how long that time frame was going to be. I didn't necessarily read the article because I was preparing for this. However, yeah, that, that's a big announcement. So continuing to push further into EVs, I know this is, again, something we've talked about a lot on This Week in Finance, um, but it's a, it's a budding industry. The Biden administration announced a $3.1 billion basically cash, right, to, to provide better infrastructure for electric vehicles. Um, they're looking to see EV sales by 50% of all new vehicles by 2030. And what this cash, this $3.1 billion is actually going to do is boost both um, domestic production of minerals and metals for EVs. So in general, electric vehicles are becoming more popular, but the main issue with them is charging. There's not a lot of infrastructure other than Tesla for charging. Um, we've touched on that on the episodes a ton with Starbucks inputting some chargers, other places looking to input chargers. College um, campuses. College campuses are putting in chargers. But what we have right now with inflation, with the supply chain, is a lack of the ability to get the metals um, and the minerals to produce both the batteries and the bodies for these cars and the internal parts. Um, obviously, it's it's not the same as building you know a big engine. You need different materials for it. And so we don't have the, the production capabilities within the United States to do that. And so this is testing our ability to, to build scale for electric vehicles. And clearly, this is going to be something they're trying to do. What do you think about electric vehicles so far? Would you get one? Do you think there's a state right now with everything going on that you would be able to or would want to get one? What about driving cross country? Like, so I would definitely be down to get one. I don't really see as long as I can charge my car. Like I don't really see anything against it. I'm all for trying new things. Um, unfortunately, the state that I think that's most equipped for it in terms of like definitely like city per city by city is California but like I personally would not see myself living in California so I definitely think like it would be something shout out Graham Stephan never moving (laughs) to California (laughs) you uh you would have to be like okay I want to move to this city okay do they have this capability this infrastructure infrastructure in place not happening in Kansas no I yeah I definitely (laughs) think it's going to be a much more younger population thing like where there's young populations is where they're going to really try and set up that infrastructure with it is very smart um i don't really see in major cities i really yeah and i think right now too like they make the most sense in places that you don't have to drive far yes Yes, like and and it sounds counterintuitive because like places like new york places like la places uh, maybe you know whatever seattle or, or local places around us um, we have a lot of uh, smaller cities here in Michigan, Grand Rapids, Plymouth, places like that where you can kind of park and walk around. And it's not necessarily big city living with like grocery stores. You still need to get places, yeah. but those places are all within 10 to Detroit 15 miles. I would say Detroit is definitely well, Detroit a good as hub well, yeah. for obviously, well, it already is a good hub for That's where the EV, picture is taken. Yeah. Hummer so. EV. We actually just saw the other day. We were walking by. You said it looked like a shark. <laughs> I don't like the looks. I definitely. I think it was. I think it looks cooler than a normal Hummer. You definitely have opinion. to be. You definitely have to like the idea of EV over 
aesthetics right now. Let's take a look at but it real quick. I think here's that's the Hummer a good EV. Trade-off. It almost looks like a Bronco. <laughs> like it wants to be a Bronco. It reminds me of the shark from that Nemo. one. <laughs> that picture makes it okay. Well, like this doesn't help either. <laughs> like like a colorful thing, but I think yeah. I think it looks cool. I think it wants to be a Bronco too much. Whether that was intentional or not, I don't know. However, I I think it's cool. Mm. But moving forward, I think forward, that was unintentional, just <laughs> blending of stuff there. But yeah. Well, moving forward to this absolute ad-ridden website, um, <laughs> the street is just—it's terrible with ads. Anyway, Rivian, a company that I do have three shares in, a very very small position. I've mentioned many many times. Got in about IPO, well at IPO price, I think it was seventy-eight dollars a share. That's looking like an absolute terrible deal at this point in time however um we'll continue to just hold also i can't sell without a a punishment anyway um we have we have rivian getting a major deal from the city of atlanta rivian has to basically guarantee that they're going to be able to produce and create a certain amount of jobs i think and investment and such with this deal Um, but they're going to get some money from the government i think in georgia atlanta there we go, a $5 billion Georgia project that will create 7,500 jobs and an average wage of $56,000. Um, yada, yada. It looks like here construction is scheduled to begin this summer with actual vehicles at about $400,000 or 400,000 vehicles a year coming off the line in 2024. And the agreement is that Rivian will give $1.5 billion, will get, I'm sorry, give $1.5 billion in public subsidies from Georgia. And this will come in the form of tax credits and incentives. So that's what Rivian is getting. They, however, have to produce 7,500 jobs and $5 billion of capital investment by 2028. So this at first was not really supposed to go through. Uh, there were, I think, people in Georgia that were like, look, we, we don't want you here. We don't want this type of infrastructure and zoning to be happening. It went through. And Rivian is, again, expanding. They have uh, some locations, I think, here in Michigan, some out in California, now some in, in Atlanta. So they're spread out in a good way. They're starting to build infrastructure to become a successful company. My question to you is, I just talked about this today a little bit on a TikTok Live. I'm going to try to go more on TikTok, by the way, and do live streams and talk. So go follow me there. It's right here. Anyway, do you think I should sell my three shares when the lockup period, which is in June, I believe, um, to for me to be able to sell, should I just get rid of them? I bought them at $78. They're at like $30 right now. So I've lost a lot of money in in hindsight, right? Should I sell the shares or should I just hold on to them? Should I just keep them? Do you think that Rivian will pan out is my question. I really do. I think as the EV world gets bigger, I think there's definitely going to be more space for these companies to really thrive i think it's still very early in the ev game and they're already kind of i think people think about them when they think of ev it's not Mm -hmm. just tesla anymore so i think you definitely have to wait it out just a little bit longer i still think it's very early what about competition though you mentioned there'll be more space i think there'll be more investment and capital within that industry but as any industry grows do you think that Right now we're in this creation stage where there is a bajillion million companies that promise to do a fantastic job and create electric vehicles. Um, I think because their only goal is to create electric vehicles, correct? Like that is yes, all they're doing. They're doing I electric, think they're yeah. a good company to put your eggs in because 
that's all that they're doing. So what like other... I wouldn't I wouldn't take that money out of Rivian and put it into Apple because Apple's now making an EV car. Like but I, what about I don't think I think they're still a very safe option okay. for now. I think they're risky enough, but they're very safe in terms of just what they could do in the future. I think you should wait it out. You think that this would you think that this company could beat out or could be competitive with Tesla, Lucid, Neo, uh, what other ones are there? I just, there's some new one, Atlas. Like, I do, because it's or, a name that people have heard of, and I think that they'll definitely, you know, check it out. and. So to go one deeper, drive. which of the legacy companies, so that would be like Ford, GM, all those other companies, right? You're going to have every every company making those. What do you think about those companies making them? Are they going to compete, or are they going to be better than... These I could honestly see one of I could honestly see one of those companies buying Rivian. I could definitely see them maybe well, Ford's made trying to roll out some EV and it just doesn't work out. They don't want to, you know, build out the infrastructure. Build, yeah, for they it. don't want to do it, so they just take huh? it in. I think Fair that's enough. definitely a a plan, a course of action. Maybe Apple. Maybe Apple. Maybe buys Apple. <laughs> All right. So buy now, pay later. Will soon affect your credit score Every in the UK. Every shopping addict's favorite <laughs> so, new edition. So essentially what this product is, this buy now, pay later, I've touched on it one time in an episode a while ago. Square, or Block, as they're now known as, has a buy now, pay later company under their umbrella, and it was performing pretty well. I think the number was like 98% of people I paid back the loans. I see almost every website yes. too, so it has yep. a lot of reach. The pay in four is what it's called. Um, there's obviously other more extended versions, and the ones that will be impacted by this, it reads here, will be any loan that's given for 12 to 18 months. Now, my question is, with this product being the same as a credit card, but not necessarily accruing interest, do you think that it should affect your credit score, and is that a positive or a negative development, in your, in just your personal opinion? I don't think it should affect your credit score because I don't... I think of it more of just like a payment plan. It's I don't really think of it as like a loan per se. Okay. Um, I don't think personally, I don't think it's a very smart option on the buyer's part. I think it can cut. It's kind of like why do you like what kind of financial situation are you in that you only want to pay it now? Like especially when refunds exist, I just don't. Yeah. Personally, I'm... but. You had a second part of your question. I'm of the mindset. I'll, I'll share my opinion a little bit. Okay. I think that this is good. I think this is a positive development. That was my, my second part. Okay, yeah. I think it's positive. I think it should affect your credit score. Mm. Because you you are borrowing money. You you are not... You are obligated to pay back that money, but there's nothing tying you to it. They're not going to withdraw... But that's just withdraw, like every other thing that you buy on a credit card. But they're not going to withdraw funds from your account. Yeah, and credit cards affect your credit score. So that that's why I believe... I believe that this is, is a good thing. I think it should affect your credit score, but I think it's a positive development because at least people understand now the impact that something like this has. Mm. Because... I'm not sure how the laws or the rules or the regulations are written, but if I was a buy now, pay later company and someone didn't pay later, then I'm coming for that money in some way. A lot of times, you know, they'll assume the debt uncollectible and then they'll give it to a debt collection agency. So they do make money. The debt collection agency will pay the company who didn't get paid initially 
some funds, not the full amount, but some, and then they hope to make a profit when the person eventually does pay the debt collector. Now, at least that people know that they can be put in this situation, and as your credit score ticks down because you have outstanding buy now, pay later loans, which is really what they are because there's no assumption that that pay later piece will actually so the, occur. But paying them off will also increase your credit score? It can help your credit score okay, then yeah. by taking these out. And I think they do I mention think as long here, as it's not a negative oh, impact. No. But I do think it's good, though. It does give the buyer some responsibility in the fact that they do need to pay it. Because I feel like it could be a little bit more like not irresponsible people, but people who just yeah, don't no, aren't it, necessarily like actively thinking about, you know, hitting that buy now, pay later button. Yes. It, you and should never it just hit makes the... them think a second time. Like, Oh, is this something that I really want to take on? Like you really think about taking on student loans, Yes, like mortgages. So I think it's just, you know, it's a smaller scale version of that. And I think it could be a really good way too to teach kids about you should not be taking a buy now, pay later. You should not click that button if you don't have the money for it. And so that's yeah. where this weird dichotomy comes into play. But people still do it with a credit card anyway and buy the whole thing. Agreed. So. However, I think that the at least now there is some upside to making this decision because initially An you upside have your, for the company. You have no, you have your 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 buy button, which instantly buys the thing. You don't have any debt. You get the product. You use a credit card. Okay, you you do have debt now. However, you can simply pay in full. By the end of the month, that credit card balance, you now get rewards. There is an incentive to have the the risk of accruing interest. Obviously, you as the consumer or the buyer know you're not going to pay that. But with buy now, pay later, an option I believe that you should never use unless you have all of the funds available, there's no positive incentive to using that feature. You might as well, if you had the funds, have just bought it up front. The buy now, pay later option, the pay later aspect in a credit card doesn't give you any rewards. However, at least now in this instance, there will be the positive development within the credit reporting aspect, which can help boost your credit score. And you don't have to have a credit card, which is a product that or a service that people that places offer that could put you in a bad financial position. At least with this, it's kind of like a one-off loan that you're taking multiple times at multiple different places, and you're not going to be accruing that interest like you would be with a credit card. So, okay, that's kind of why I believe it's positive. Now, other developments that I think is is positive in my opinion is Elon Musk. I think that <laughs> Elon Musk getting Twitter, I think this sort of shift in the way that we're moving with the whole free speech thing, I I think it's good. I think it's a beneficial long run. I think the interests of this gentleman in particular are of hot debate. However, I believe in my heart of hearts that his heart of hearts is telling him to do this out out of the good, right? The goodness for humanity. That's kind of been his theme with all of his businesses. Now, in terms of the news, He has another $7 billion guaranteed to him from these places right here. These people have put their own cash into the pool. And essentially what this is doing is allowing Elon Musk to not have to take out as much debt against his Tesla stock, which was a very, very, very hot topic for a while, was the one I was going to cover before this. The reason that's a hot topic is... I to have rich friends. Well, (laughs) agreed. But the thing that was going to be the problem with Elon Musk is he was going to be the most in-debt billionaire ever he was gonna have like 21 some billion dollars in debt which is over half of his 
I'm sorry, not over half of his net worth, but half, roughly half the purchase of Twitter was going to be debt financed. And that doesn't look great for him because now he's has a lot of debt, but it also doesn't look good for him because if Tesla stock goes down, he has to come up with that cash. Now, he's not going to have as big of a risk. You have the, the Lawrence Ellison uh, Trust coming in here with a billion dollars. You have Fidelity. You have, what are the other big names? Sequoia Capital. Um, yeah, th- there's some big names. Binance came in with $500 million. That is here. Um, Binance kind of taking a shot at this whole decentralization, maybe hoping to get their foot in the door to create some form of decentralized town square as if, you know, what, what, what Musk was saying initially. And then you also have the news that he's going to become the Twitter CEO for at least a short period of time once the deal does close. Thoughts? I think... I really, I really don't know. I definitely, I personally am not on Twitter. I haven't been for a few Should be years on now. <laughs> I just, um, I think I, this is one you just kind of have to watch pan out. I definitely think it's more of a social thing more than it really has to do with anything else like so I you believe d- he's doing it for the cloud a little bit a little, a little bit i think this the, is like a personal for the rah, rah. He, he's just kind of off doing like a personal little adventure now like he's just uh-huh. on side quests like hey, I mean, he, he did the big thing he did the big thing so you know he has his little space space stuff not as little but um i think this is just a little bit of a him thing <laughs> <laughs> not little <laughs> <laughs> no um, so I think it's definitely just going to have to watch it pan out. Again, mm-hmm. I don't really have an interest in this as much because I don't use Twitter. Yeah. I'm not worried about like what my feed is going to look like or anything like that. Yeah. So. You're not worried about the bots coming after you like everybody else is. Now, I, <laughs> I don't I, even know anything about that. There's so. a big bot issue, a lot, a lot of bots, but there's uh, also okay. a lot of bots on, on Instagram and, and that's something that's yes. not really being taken seriously. Same on YouTube. So yeah. that's what part of Elon Musk's promise is like, look, we're going to verify with the blue check every human. So if you have an account, you get the blue check. That's because, basically what it is. Because you're a human. You're just verifying that you're well, you. Well, yes. But like, because now they only do high profile people. I think you actually have to be in the news. And the point of that is once you've once you've made it into the news, if people look to you, right, whether you were in a news article online or a TV show, made an appearance, whatever it might be, wrote a book, if you're out in the public space and people are searching for your accounts, there should be some form of verification so that people can't be easily misidentified. Well, same thing now if... You know, the unfortunate reality is there's a lot of people right now on Instagram who their account is getting hacked and it's being turned into like an OnlyFans scam where these girls' accounts or guys' accounts are being taken, all their pictures removed, and then their whole bio turns into this very clearly and easily identifiable OnlyFans-style scam and and they're out in account and their face, likeness, and name is being used to generate cash for some random person in some foreign country or bot who whatever it is right that's a big problem that's one that elon musk is going to tackle that's kind of the way he he plans to do it i think this is good um this this kind of three or trifecta of news here um it really shows elon musk is being serious about this it no longer is just a side quest for him at least in terms of his commitment to his cash because he's putting a lot of cash on the line here he's really really putting a lot of cash on the line and he initially said this was boom he's gonna take it private He's now said he's going to take it private. He's going to take it private with this big group of investors. He's going to fix it, and he's going to turn it back to the public again. Well, not turn it back to the public, but make the company 
public again. I got you. So that way people... I know enough to keep up with that. <laughs> so, so, so that way at least people can profit, right? People yeah. can invest. People can back this hopefully better product. I think it's a good thing for now. Um, something that is coming up that we are going to be embarking on. We're going on the trip to Disney Yay. very, very soon. There'll be some videos and some commentary um, and some overviews on specific companies we'll be using over the course of the trip. However, we're not flying any of these three airlines. Not that it matters, but we will be <laughs> in an, we will be in an airline or an air an airport where Spirit absolutely dominates, and that's going to be Orlando. Mm. The Spirit CEO recently said he pretty much assumes that what JetBlue is doing is meddling in the affairs of other companies, that Spirit and Frontier are potentially going to come together and be one. I've called this the mega poop airline. It's going to be the worst <laughs> airline in history because you have two terrible airlines coming together. However, their sheer size is going to make them the fifth largest air carrier in the U.S., and JetBlue is a little scared puppy dog in the corner right now. Mm. So they decide to offer $3.6 billion to buy Spirit instead, stating that this NEA that they deal that they have um, with the Northeast Alliance to basically compete with the big dogs, United and Delta, that this would help them do that. So he's basically saying, look, we're not trying to meddle in your affairs. We just want to be more competitive. And Spirit's like, well, no crap. We know that when we join with Frontier, we're going to be a better airline than you. Again, Well, it's better or just bigger. Bigger, <laughs> but when you're an airline, bigger is better because that right. means you fly more places. You have yeah. more customers walking aboard your aircraft. So. I think people will always turn to Spirit, no matter how many bad flights they have. It's on like it. sixty bucks to go it's somewhere. It's so cheap, and you know it. It might not be super comfortable, but most of the time it gets you from point A to point B. So what so happens? I think when they join with the other bad airline, though, in Frontier. <laughs> does, does the operation Maybe become worse or does, does it become better well, because of scale? is this merger going to entail new management, new upper management? Ah, that's a fantastic More, question. Um, the best of the best kind of rise and, and yeah. re, reshuffle. Yeah. See, and I don't even know if it's necessarily – and that that's the one – that's a big so, question because yeah. I don't think it's management that's running anything poorly. I think it's just the nature of the beast. Their like goal is to not be the best experience. Yeah, they know they're not the best, so therefore they have no reason to uphold because any of their standards. Let's put it this way. The only telltale sign of success as an airline is that you get from point A to point B. Right. If yeah. you get from point A to point B and nothing terrible happens on the plane itself yeah that is a success now whether or not your legroom was shrunk or the kid in front of you was screaming or the flight attendants were rude to you they've succeeded and they haven't caused any actual harm so their goal is to not be a good experience it's literally the quite opposite of that it's to be a bad experience that's cheap yeah and i think i i've never flown JetBlue personally um but i could definitely see like with anything when there's you know big money on the line like this big uh stakes yeah stakes for them going out of business potentially yeah i think in the long run you know it could definitely be that they're just trying to get in the middle that's always the thing um i definitely think they'd be better off spirit and frontier together i don't know why JetBlue would want to connect themselves (laughs) to spirit other than the fact that they might go out of business but i really don't think like there's enough people that love certain 
airlines mm. to keep them afloat. I really do. Like, I know people who are like, I stand JetBlue. Like, just like there's people who are like, I only fly Delta. I am a daughter of somebody who only flies Delta. People it's worth who, the money. Yeah, and people who are like, you know, I just want to I just want to get to my uh, beach vacation in Florida. I don't care how I get there. I don't care how cheap it is. Like, as long as I'm good, I'm good. So, I really do think it's, yeah, I really I do think it's just kind of like a, hey, let's just toss my hat in it. Might just, as well. Just might as well. See where it goes, yeah. really. Well, Madeline, <laughs> thank you very much for joining me on This Week in Finance. To anyone who is still listening, whether you're listening on YouTube or you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it might be, thank you very much for spending some time with us this evening, morning, afternoon, whatever it might be for you. Have a fantastic rest of your day. And if you liked this video, go ahead and leave a like down below. It helps push this video to more people. That way we can grow the friend group. And don't forget to hit subscribe. Hit the bell right next to it. That way you're notified every time there's a new video. And I will see you all in the next one.